Hey, Catholic Divas, have you ever considered your cycle as the four seasons? Well, today we are going to be talking about the autumn season, perimenopause. So come on into the podcast and hear all the things about perimenopause. Hello, Catholic Divas. Welcome to Cycles and Sanctity Podcast. I am Mama Jane, wife to Steve for almost 37 years, mother of six wonderful children, fertility awareness instructor, and a Catholic mindset coach. Are you confused about your cycle? Do you want to learn how charting your cycles can give you insight, not only to your health, but your mental and emotional state as well? And most importantly, using this information to draw closer to God and pursue your path to holiness? If you answered yes, then you are in the right place. Go grab your journal and your favorite pen and let's do this. Well, Catholic Divas, welcome to October. October is such a special month for me because my husband and I just celebrated our 37th anniversary at the beginning of the month. And also, our oldest daughter is born in October, the end of October. But more importantly, we were starting to get into the fall season at the end of September, officially September 22nd is the first day of fall. But as we move into October, we really start feeling that cold, brisk morning air, those change of leaves. You have to pull out the sweaters, not here in El Paso, but in other places where we have lived, we get to do that. And so what I want to do today is I want to talk about the autumn season of our women's cycle, which is really called the perimenopause or premenopause. This is a stage in our life where our fertility is declining. So remember, the difference between a female and a male's fertility is that a man, once he has reached puberty, he is fertile 24-7 until the day he dies. A woman, however, her fertility begins at puberty and she has an end time of her fertility, which is called menopause, which literally means the stop of bleeding. But that phase, the stage before menopause, we call it perimenopause. And typically a woman will be sometime in her 40s. The unique thing about menopause is that we really don't have a date, just like we don't have a date on when we're going to be starting puberty. I mean, we see signs of it, right? Of a young woman who might be maybe nine or 10 or 11, she might start having, you know, body odor. She might start having developing breasts. She may start having hair on her legs or underarms. This could be years before she actually starts having her first cycle. And just a little fun fact to know and tell, The very first cycle of a woman in her life is called menarche. So if you do have young girls who haven't started their cycle, they're still in that pre-puberty stage, I really want to exhort you into celebrating that menarche. And we're going to be talking about that in the spring, about young girls and, and how to teach them well to love their bodies and things. But this is towards the end of the continuum. This is kind of the dusk or the early evening, if you want to think of of our cycle as a daytime, that we are knowing that we are ending our fertility. The funny thing is, is that because it diminishes, our fertility diminishes, anytime when we're between ages of 45 to 49, we actually have a less than 5% chance of becoming pregnant. But before that, we could still become pregnant. My last baby I had when I was 42, 
So some of the things that we can kind of our circumstances in this stage in life is that our children may be teens or they may be older and are leaving for college. So we're starting to feel that empty nesting stage of our life. We may notice that we've gained weight and it's a little bit harder to lose that weight. Maybe we're starting to feel a little bit more irritable more often. Sometimes we feel hot flashes. That's a drop of our estrogen. And because of that, then we also sometimes have sleep disorders. We wake up in the middle of the night, sweating, we can't get to sleep. And so therefore we're fatigued in the morning. So we're overtired. And because our cycles are changing, sometimes we have this worriedness of an unexpected pregnancy, because like I said, there is a chance of pregnancy, but it's a very slim chance. And then, of course, the other aspect of it is, is that there tends to be vaginal dryness. So then our marital embrace may not be as enjoyable, or we may not have that desired coming together with our husbands. And also just because of our own thoughts about our own bodies, how it's changing, the weight gain, the hot flashes, things like that, we just may not feel very beautiful as we had in our 30s or early 40s. So I want to talk about a little bit of that just because I want to help you acknowledge that these are normal parts of this stage and embracing the understanding that, oh, you know what? This is normal. Okay, this is normal. If there are men that are listening to this podcast whose wives you start like, oh yeah, this is my wife. Yep, this is my wife. Then I want to exhort you to really be attentive to her and to help understand these perspectives because maybe she hasn't been able to verbalize some of these things because she doesn't really even understand what's going on in her own body. And so the irritability she may feel may be lashed out at you. Maybe she's gained weight, so she doesn't feel as beautiful. So I just want to exhort you men to just pay extra close attention. If this is your wife, or if you're starting to notice some of these signs, then I want to encourage you, pay a little extra attention, remind her how beautiful she is, love on her. The children may be older, they may be teens, or they may actually have left for college or moved out or whatever. So now you have this opportunity to really go on dates again and do fun things. Maybe you might not have been physically, you might not be as wild and crazy and go for a 20 mile hike that you might've done when you're 20, but you could still do some fun things and reignite that love and romance in a different way now that you're in this stage. So because we're talking about fertility, I wanted to remind you, this is one of the things that I absolutely love about the Billings Ovulation Method, is that because this is the time where our fertility is starting to diminish, it hasn't quite diminished yet. And so some of the things that we'll see in our cycles is sometimes we have excessive bleeding, or maybe we have diminished bleeding. I know for myself, when I was going through this, I had very, very heavy bleeding during my menstruation and it actually lasted longer. I didn't have those spotting days and things. It was almost a week long of very heavy bleeding. Sometimes there's a pre-ovulatory bleeding and that means that you're bleeding and then you have your basic infertile pattern and then you start bleeding again just before you're about to ovulate. And so that's kind of disheartening. You're kind of wondering like what's going on. These are normal things. Sometimes your cycles are very long. 
They could be 45, they could be 50 or even 60 days long, or sometimes they're even shorter than they normally are. The other thing, as I mentioned, with that vaginal dryness, the the mucus symptom actually diminishes. And so there is no peak symptom. And because of that, there's infertile cycles due to short luteal phases as well. So all of these things that are happening in our cycle are just signs that we are in the perimenopausal phase. Now, the other aspect of it is that sometimes can be frustrating for some women who have never talked to anybody about this stage is you don't really know how long it's going to to last because you don't know exactly when menopause is going to happen. Now, medically, you are considered you are in postmenopause is if you have not bled for a whole year. So that's one of those anxieties with those long cycles. I remember when I was going through this stage, I was like, oh, okay, well, I haven't gotten my cycle yet. So I guess maybe I'm now going into that menopause stage. And then I would wait and then I'd wait. And then a couple of weeks later, I would actually get my cycle again. And so sometimes what I have heard is because women are maybe concerned that they might get it, have a chance of getting pregnant and they don't really know what's going on with their cycle, then what happens is unnecessarily they have prolonged periods of abstinence. And simply by understanding your basic infertile pattern, we can help you as Billings Ovulation Method teachers. So if you've never actually attended a class or had a Billings Ovulation Method instructor, this is really a perfect time for you to look for one. And you guys have my link on the bottom in the show notes. You're more than welcome to give me a call or contact me so I can help you look at your cycle and really kind of be at ease. Okay. So remember this basic infertile pattern can be extended because fertility is diminishing. And then the other thing is, is because the bleeding that's usually either a high or rapidly fluctuating estrogen levels. So it can either cause a breakthrough bleed or withdrawal bleed or irregular patterns of possible fertility. And then also the other thing is that because it is a changing cycle, sometimes a woman will have a short luteal phase and then therefore that's an infertile cycle. So you may actually have a peak symptom thinking that you've ovulated but because the fertile uh, the the luteal phase was so short the progesterone dropped too quickly so it was an infertile cycle and this is one of the reasons why you want to be able to accurately chart and understand all of your signs at the sensation at the vulva so you really need to learn how to recognize when ovulation's being delayed in the cycle and then that way you can follow those early day rules um so that you can still have relations and not have these long periods of abstinence. So let me just remind you what those early day rules are. Again, Billings is very simple, but it's a new skill. And just like any new skill, sometimes it takes time and it's always beneficial when you have either a teacher or a coach. Think of when you're learning to drive a car. You've been in that car since the day you left the hospital as a newborn and you've been sitting in the back seat, but you've never sat behind the wheel. And then all of a sudden, even though when mom's driving, 
you know how to get to school. All of a sudden, when you're behind the wheel, you are really focused on so many things that you're not really focused on how to get to school and you forget the directions. So it's similar to that. You've had your cycle for all of these years. You sort of know your patterns, what's normal. And now all of a sudden there's a lot of irregularity in your cycles and you really don't know what's going on. And many times when women are in their forties, choosing to have a pregnancy is really not one of those options that they desire. And so we need to make sure that we know how to apply the rules so that we can postpone pregnancy or or actually avoid pregnancy. So let me just remind you of the four rules of the Billings ovulation method. The first rule, early day rule one, is avoid intercourse during heavy days of bleeding. Now, again, that will be extended sometimes when you have extra long days with heavy days of bleeding. And the reason why is that sometimes you don't have a basic infertile pattern. Your cycle goes straight from the heavy bleeding into the ovula, the preovulatory stage, the changing developing pattern, and you don't notice that mucus because of the heavy bleeding. So avoid intercourse during days of heavy bleeding of the menstruation. And then early day rule two is alternate evenings during the basic infertile pattern. Sometimes during a woman's perimenopausal phase, her basic infertile pattern may change. Maybe she had always been dry, but now she's noticing a discharge. This is another reason why you want an instructor to help you through those. But any cycles over 45 days can have a basic infertile pattern of what we call a combined pattern. Some days it's dry, some days it's discharge. And if you don't know these things, then it can sort of mess you up and make you unsure and unsteady about, am I ovulating? Am I going to get ready to ovulate? So early day rule two is alternate evenings during the basic infertile pattern. First of all, we have to make sure you've identified the basic infertile pattern. And the reason why we have alternate evenings is we've got all day to make the observations to make sure we're still in our basic infertile pattern. And then we have relations in the evening. And then the next day we have that time for any seminal fluid to be discharged. And then we have the whole next day to make those observations again, to ensure that we're still in the basic infertile pattern and we haven't moved into the changing developing pattern. Okay. So that's early day rule two, early day rule one, avoid intercourse during heavy days of bleeding, early day rule two, alternate evenings for intercourse during the basic infertile pattern. Early day rule three, this is a very important rule and every single cycle, no matter what, this rule can be applied. It's any change to the basic infertile pattern, we wait and see whether either the basic infertile pattern returns or we see that it actually achieves the peak and then we apply the peak rule. So when the basic infertile pattern returns, then what we're going to do is we're going to wait three days of the basic infertile pattern And on the fourth evening, then we can have relations and we move back into the early day rule two. And this is really important. And this is a very useful rule for perimenopausal because sometimes you may have the withdrawal bleed or the breakthrough bleed. You may have a change of your basic infertile pattern and you haven't really identified that it's a combined pattern. There may be some 
indications that the ovaries are starting to move, the estrogen starting to rise, but it hasn't risen enough. And then it goes back to the basic infertile pattern. So we want to make sure if the basic infertile pattern has returned, that we wait three days of the basic infertile pattern. And then on the fourth day, we can return and have relations in the evening of that fourth day, and then go back to early day rule two. If while we're waiting, we notice that there's a changing developing pattern ending in peak, then we're going to apply the peak rule. And that's the fourth rule of Billings ovulation method. The peak rule states that the fourth morning after peak is available any day, any time until the end of the cycle is available for intercourse. So again, we identify peak that changing developing pattern, ending in slippery, and then the abrupt change, which is that first day after peak. We wait those three days after peak and the morning of the fourth day, then intercourse is available until the end of the cycle. Going back to perimenopause, one of the irregularities of a cycle could be that there's a short luteal phase. The normal range of a luteal phase is 11 to 16 days. So you've taken three days out during that peak. So on the fourth day from fourth to 16, so you have about 12 days that is available for intercourse. But if it's shorter, then you just have less days during that luteal phase. Okay, I hope you understand that. So early day rule one is avoid intercourse during heavy days of bleeding during menstruation. Early day rule two, alternate evenings during the BIP. Early day rule three, any change to the BIP, we wait and see. When the BIP returns, then we wait three days. And on the fourth evening, intercourse is available. Or if we've identified, we wait and see. And if we identify peak, then we apply the peak rule. And then the fourth rule is the peak rule, which is on the morning of the fourth day after peak until the end of the cycle, any day, any time, is available for intercourse. Okay. So that's pretty simple, but I have heard, and I have witnessed that a lot of women, because they're not sure of their cycle and because their cycles are longer or shorter, or their bleeding is heavier, they're just really unsure when to have relations, when to have intercourse with their husband. So I hope that really helped you. Again, learning to recognize your infertility is the key you need to recognize your basic infertile pattern. And that combined basic infertile pattern sometimes is very common. So if you're charting and you're noticing something like, again, if you're noticing normally your basic infertile pattern is identified as dry and all of a sudden you're noticing something different, please reach out to an instructor and have them review your chart. We can help you determine whether your new BIP is a combined BIP. And then the other thing is, is that remember, it's really impossible and it's really not necessary to predict the end of fertility. It's really not something that we need to worry about. Now, again, the end of fertility means that the dropping of the estrogen and progesterone and many doctors will recommend hormone replacement therapy. I'm not even going to cover that because I don't cover hormones in my little brain, I just think that God created our hormones in a way and determined when we need them and when we don't. Sometimes I understand. Sometimes those hot flashes are really, really strong and it's very uncomfortable and you are miserable. 
I can't tell you how many stories I hear of my friends who have perimenopause. And even when I think about the worst summer that I was going through perimenopause, we had swamp coolers and I thought it was just because of the swamp coolers. But now that I look back, I was like, oh, you know what? I was probably going through perimenopause because I was having really hot flashes. But thanks be to God, we just were able to convert our house in the Southwest. You have these things called swamp coolers. Most people don't know what those are. And we converted our house to refrigerated air. And that really helped me. But even I remember it in the middle of the night, I would get up and turn the fan on and turn the air down. One of the things that I've just told people is for a woman who's having a hot flash to be extra mindful in that when a woman is having a hot flash, you can put on a coat or a sweater, but she can only open her blouse so much. I do know women who have a, a fan in their purse all the time. I have a friend who has like a little electric fan that she puts around her neck when she's out at a restaurant because she'll get a hot flash. So those are some of the coping skills that you can have. But part of it is acknowledging the fact that this is just normal part of your stage in life, that this is the stage in life that you're in and accepting that stage in life. That is really the hardest part. I think being gentle with yourself accepting who you are, where you are. And I was speaking with one of my entrepreneur friends who was talking about the difficulty with the hot flashes and the sleep disorder. She's like, how do I get my business done when I've been up every hour? I just told her, well, the great thing about owning your own business is you get to be creative and you get to work when you want to work. But sometimes we're not always that fortunate in being able to continue and just take a rest during the afternoon or something like that. So you are going to have to be able to get creative. Be courageous in having these conversations with your fellow sisters that are in the same age group and just ask for tips. This is just like when we were pregnant with our firstborn or when we were dating and we were getting ready to get married, we'd ask people about the wedding, you know, seek other women who are going through this, or maybe those of us who are older who have already gone through this. Now, I've been very fortunate in that I just celebrated my 60th birthday and I went through menopause probably it was 20, 2017, 2018, I remember. Like 2018 was the official year. I hadn't had a cycle for a whole year. And so I was officially postmenopause. So what? It's been about five years that I'm postmenopause. I don't have any hot flashes. I have spoken to some women who are in the postmenopausal phase that say I still have hot flashes. I'm not a doctor. I'm not a functional medicine. I'm not even a hormone genius. So I'm not even going to kind of cover that part. But I do want to just recommend, just remind you that, that these are just normal parts of the day and it can be a gift. That's one of those beautiful questions that we as Catholic mindset coaches uh, sometimes ask our coaches or sometimes ask our clients is how is this a benefit to you? What is awesome about this? So I want to close with that. I want all of my perimenopausal women to meditate. I would love for you to contact me, write a review and answer the question, how is menopause awesome? 
All right, we're going to close with our blessing from St. Paul to the Thessalonians. And you would think I would have this memorized, but I don't because I just haven't done it yet. All right, so name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. May the God of peace make you perfect in holiness. May he preserve you whole and entire spirit, soul, and body, irreproachable at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. You all have a great day. Catholic Divas, if you are in the perimenopausal stage, I would love to help you through some Catholic coaching. The link is below in the show notes. I would love to give you a free coaching session on all of your thoughts about being in the perimenopausal stage. Sometimes just clarifying our thoughts can really help us appreciate what's going on in our life. So go ahead and go to the show notes and click that free session and come get coached by me.